Welcome back to the Pool Pro Podcast. Take your pool water quality to the extreme by listening to today's episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome to the Pool Pro Podcast. This is Dave Rockwell with my co-host. Michelle Cavanaugh. Good morning. And we're here. We have a, a, a real privilege today. We're here with Mike Geyer, the president of Pure Vision Technologies, uh, who has, I think, one of the, the, the most breakthrough products that I've ever come across in 30 years in the pool industry. Um, they're literally changing um, people's standards of what they expect out of the water in their pools. And, and Mike is a, a very much on the cutting edge of, of taking water quality to the extreme. Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Morning, Mike. He's having me this morning. Good morning, Michelle. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, I'm very familiar with your product, but I, I uh, uh, how did you get where you are here? Well, uh, I started uh, probably back in about 2005, roughly, and uh, started into the commercial side of the industry. And one of my things was is uh, getting in touch with uh, chemistry. I understood, you know, I, you know, equipment is one thing, going through this and that, but I really got involved with the chemistry side of the business. I understood that uh, early on that the chemistry was the key to being successful at uh, taking care of uh, swimming pools and so forth. So basically, you know, I just uh, was highly focused in there and um, I had some doctors that were kind of chasing me for a while and trying to get me to test out a new product and uh, uh, actually wasn't really a product at the time. It was just kind of device. And so once we took the device, we finally, you know, found some use for it, took the device, started doing some testing. Um, we just came up with some really, really unbelievable, kind of like you say, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of snake oil out there. So we had to do a lot of understanding of what the technology actually did to the water first off and what kind of benefits there were uh, before we actually introduced it into the market. But, um, yeah, so it was. Uh, it's been it's been quite a quite a road actually. It's uh, been up and down, up and down, up and down of understanding this particular product. So there's a there's a lot to it, and still a lot that we don't understand. So uh, let's then explain what the product is. The two the two versions of your product are Aquafusion and Aquagen, and uh, tell us a little bit, bit about what they are and what they do. So first product we came out with was uh, Aquagen, and Aquagen was ultra-fine bubble generator. So it basically diffuses oxygen, pure oxygen, into the water. So using uh, either A uh, tanks, oxygen tank, pure oxygen, or medical grade oxygen concentrator. But what it does is it, it raises the dissolved oxygen content uh, your normal dissolved oxygen content in water can be anywhere from, uh, you know, six parts to eight parts per million, roughly, um, same as roughly atmospheric. And we raise that anywhere from 10 to probably up to about 40 parts per million, depending on temperature and chemistry and so forth. 
but that dissolved oxygen stays in the water for days, weeks, months at a time. So, and hence is why it's beneficial in different applications. But nonetheless, um, the ozone, same thing. Uh, when we dissolve it, of course, it's three oxygen molecules. So when we run it through our device, it's a, a different type of setup, a little bit more hardy to take on the ozone. And uh, we dissolve that in there. Same thing. It's very, very small, stays in the water a lot longer. You don't get the off-gassing and so forth like you do for traditional. Uh, and it just does a fantastic job of clearing up the water. So, of course, there's a lot more to it than that. But uh, ultimately, the key factor is the, the size of the bubble that we create is a tenth of a micron versus your typical ozone bubble going through a venturi is about 10 microns and um, give just an idea it's about we fit about a billion ultra fine bubbles in one 10 micron bubble so you can see it's just exponentially larger disinfection area and that's the reason that that's important is because uh, ozone needs the surface area of the bubble to contact uh, pathogens, viruses, all the thing, all the wonderful things that ozone takes out of the water, uh, it, it has to be in contact with them. So it's like if you put a, a virus into, imagine a, a bucket of big rocks, gravel, or imagine sand, how much more of the surface area of the virus is being attacked by, by the ozone. And uh, that, that is really one of the keys that I found uh, that why this product just takes ozone up to a whole new level. Correct, correct. So when you look at the size of bacteria, this is kind of neat, is bacteria goes down to about one micron. And the size of the bubble that we create is a tenth of a micron. So it's exponentially smaller than the size of bacteria. So, um, you know, and then all the other microorganisms that we're dealing with in swimming pools like crypto are about four microns. So it's exponentially smaller than that versus your normal 10 micron uh, bubble that you're trying to disinfect or oxidize those microorganisms with. And the microorganisms we're talking that are that small are the things that we've talked about in our filtration series that they go right through the filter. They're, they're very hard. They, they can't be removed. Uh, from the water by the filters that we have available to us today. Um, one of the things about, I, I worked with Ozone for over 20 years and, and came across you guys a year or two ago now, I guess. And um, when the biggest problem, the biggest challenge with Ozone is getting it dissolved in the water and getting it to stay in the water long enough for it to do some good. There's a myth out there that you can't build a residual of ozone in a pool, uh, and that is a myth. If you make enough ozone and you dissolve it in the water and it it's it doesn't get used up right away, then you you have an ozone in the water. It may not linger after the pump shuts off, but while people are swimming, if you've got the right turnover rate, you can build an ozone residual in the water. But right. keeping it there longer and giving it the, the greatest opportunity to do its job is, is what I think your product is all about. And it's where I feel like I've been able to use your product to take what I do up to a whole new level. Um, but one of the things about the, the, the microscopic bubbles that maybe you can describe a little bit to us is that 
they don't float to the top and burst. They're not, they're, they're not uh, buoyant. Can you right. tell us about that? Yeah, so the, a normal bubble actually, obviously, as you see it coming up, you can actually watch it go to the surface. Um, you have different stages of bubble sizes and then you run into micro bubbles. So you might have seen different systems out there where they say we have oxygen systems and so forth. Micro bubbles are visible to the eye. You can actually see them in the water. It makes the water look somewhat cloudy, uh, almost like a milky type of look. You give that just a, you know, a couple minutes and all of that, uh, all of those bubbles will actually rise to the surface relatively quick. An ultrafine bubble acts like any other particle in the water. So it moves around and actually goes down, up, sideways, and it stays in there for weeks and days at a time. So that's what makes them so different. And this is why uh, I always refer back to when we started using them for lakes. So lakes are one of the most important thing for keeping the lake healthy is oxygen. So if it's deprived of that oxygen, uh, the lake becomes acidic. So when we add this oxygen to the lake, the bubbles are so small, they kind of just move out into the lake and they, they stay in the water for days. So they kind of just continuously work and work. Uh, but one of the key factors that makes it so successful is uh, you have 100 million ultrafine bubbles per one milliliter of water. So if you have these things running 24 seven, it's just pumping a ton of oxygen into those bodies of water and it completely changes those. So uh, just to give you an example, you know, in a lake, if we put it on a lake, it's uh, about 30 days, depending on the size, you normally couldn't see the, your hand beneath the water in about 30 days, it totally clears it up. So those bubbles really do an amazing job. And it's, what's crazy is it's just oxygen. That's not adding ozone or anything to the mix. Of course, you know, uh, ozone is powerful, it can do a good job, but you have to have the right uh, amount of it so you're not harming any type of, um, of wildlife and so forth. Yeah, you don't want to take the good stuff out of the water. Correct, correct. But now I, there was an article out of, out of uh, uh, it talked about uh, some studies being done in the University of Michigan that they're using this technology with ozone and oxygen to clear lakes and ponds that are completely choked with farm runoff, uh, um, uh, fertilizers, pesticides, and so forth. They're able to clear the water, but with re repeated treatments, the ozone will actually remove the, the pollutants, the, the pesticides, the fertilizers that are causing the problem in the first place. So you can actually turn a body of water completely around. Yep, absolutely. We've had a couple instances with that in actually other countries as well, where animals were coming up drinking the water and they would basically just die. So uh, adding just the oxygen to the water, it actually cleared up the water and it got rid of those different bacterias and so forth. But, you know, there's, a, there's also a process there to it, you know, just because you add oxygen to the water, you know, mother nature steps in and she uses uh, your ultraviolet light to help out with that process. So it's not just the oxygen that's doing the work. It's actually allowing the lake to come back to being natural again, but it's balancing it out using mother nature as well. So when we take this application down into the pool realm, um, 
we're actually able to treat the water in a much more natural way. Uh, we're drastically reducing our reliance on any chemicals in the water. And uh, we, we did, you end up with just a, a water quality that you can't get any other way, I think. Correct, correct. One of the, one of the things is there's, there's a few things that we get back from the majority of our clients uh, pretty much across the board is the first thing is in the first 24 hours when you look at the pool, literally if you watch the pool, if you're, if you're in, in pretty good contact with your water and you look at it every day, uh, which I like to do, if you're watching it, when you put the system on, as soon as you put it on, and Dave, you've probably seen this, is you will notice the water get exponentially clearer in, depending on the size, in about an hour, maybe two hours or so. You will actually see the water clarity. Uh, you will be able to see that difference there that soon. Uh, larger pools, normally they take, you know, about 12 hours or so. But if you're in touch with it, that was the first thing that people noticed is how clear the water actually got. Um, yeah. There's actually a process too that I can explain that when we get to that, why that is. Um, the second thing is, is most people thought they actually had salt water because the water is super soft on their skin. Yep. So when they get in out of the water, they don't get that dryness. They don't feel uh, like they're you know, getting out of a chlorinated body of water. Uh, number three, they thought that you didn't even have chlorine in commercial settings when we have that. Uh, we still have to run our minimum one part per million and so forth in there, but you can't smell it. You can't get smell it getting out of the water or anything else. And that's one thing that uh, a lot of people really enjoyed, especially for the swim schools. So the kids uh, at the end of the year, normally they come up to the instructors and go oh my gosh you guys quit using chlorine in here and they're like no no we, we, we <laughs> use chlorine they're like well you know my kids I, I don't have to put lotion on them like I used to and your skin is so soft and it's like that's incredible so even the even the instructors didn't have to use lotion so their lotion uh, went way 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 down yeah so and that and that's due to a couple of the properties uh, that ozone has number one it's a microflocculent it, it gathers things up so they into big enough chunks so they can be filtered out um, but the other thing is ozone and chlorine work together really well to eliminate any kind of uh, chlorine byproducts especially the ones ammonia based from sweats not urine that sort of thing and so um, that's why this is just such a perfect marriage, especially for commercial pools. We've, we've had uh, ongoing discussions here on the podcast with, with a number of different people in the industry. And we've asked people from all different disciplines. When, when you're traveling, when you're in that, uh, in, in that hotel, you get back from a long day on the trade show floor or whatever, how likely are you to get into the pool or spa at the hotel you're staying at? Nobody's getting in. <laughs> But I've seen one of your commercial yep. pools. There's one by the Mayo Clinic there in Scottsdale. And the day that uh, I saw it was a Monday morning after a weekend where the pool got hammered. There were two girls' soccer teams staying at the hotel that weekend, and they were in the pool all weekend long. That pool was brilliantly clean. There were bathers in it. You look down at the main drain and it was just brilliantly clear. There was none of the usual uh, loss of 
control of the pool and then recovery that you have on a, on a commercial pool on a Monday morning. The pool was brilliant. So, I mean, that's, that really sold me on, on the pool in a, for a commercial setting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, you know, one of the things that it drives me nuts. I wish, I wish there were more hotels around the country that actually had them in, in the pool, uh, had our systems in there. It's, we use it a lot more on that for health reasons. So we're more focused on people versus, uh, for say the body of water itself. The water is really important for us to understand. Number one, number two, it's, it's all about the people anyway. So how does it affect their health? What does it do for them? Um, without getting a lot into that, it's, it's, super, um, it's super impressive as to what it does for the human body. Uh, it's almost like being in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So we get, we get testimonies that are just like off the wall. You're just, you, you're just like, wow, I, I can't believe it. Actually, you yourself there, Mr. Dave, as far as what it's done for your skin and so forth. But we get, we get those, uh, you know, every week we always get something else that it's done for a family, friend, uh, neighbor or so forth. But uh, it is pretty incredible. And one of the things for me, it's, it, it's a great way. I mean, it's one thing to get into a body of water like a uh, spa or something in the end of the day and you're relaxing and so forth. But what the oxygen does for your joints and stuff is just incredible. So, and that's the part I really enjoy. So I try to use it as much as I possibly can just because it makes you feel so good. Yeah, I agree. I, I literally, in the summertime, I can't wait to get home. I have anywhere from an hour and a half to a three hour commute. First thing I do is jump in that pool. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait. It's the one thing I look forward to every day. And, and, uh, that was not the case when it was a chlorine pool. <laughs> yeah. The other well, thing about, the other thing about my pool, my wife has asthma. She was unable to use the pool when it was a chlorine pool. She, she, her lungs would shut down and she'd have to get out within 10 minutes when she got in. Really? She can be in that pool now for five hours at a time and it, with That's no cool. ill effects whatsoever. Hmm. So that, that tells me, that brings back a, another thing. Another thing that came up on on the podcast a few weeks ago. We were talking with Ken Post, from Councilman Hunsicker, is a commercial pool designer, um, and he said something I think was pretty profound about uh, our philosophy here yep. in this country about the way we treat water. He goes, Europeans look at treating pool water as if it were drinking water. We look at it like it's bath water. We yep. treat it like it's bath water, and that's really. In the journey that we've gone through on the podcast here, talking to people, scientists who study filtration and, and microorganisms and talking to designers of pools and health department officials, um, America suffers from a fairly low expectation level for what we want out of our pool water. And, and yeah. uh, uh, I, that's, if that's the one thing that, that I wish would change and that I would like to be a part of changing that, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing I think we need to overcome. It's funny you say that, you know, it's one of the things you take back to the wild west, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you had that bathtub. So the guy that gets the first bath, well, that's oh, yeah. what you want to be in, you know, 
But after a while, you know, after you add three or four, you know, like, well, yeah, you had a couple bad, but the water's still good. It's like it's not even the Wild West, Mike. My dad and his two sisters complain about that. They grew up in a farm in South Dakota, and they still talk about that. Dad always got the first bath, so they still argue about that now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. But you know what? And that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like yeah. you know, one of the cool things about our water is. Um, really early on understanding what it does for plant life and agriculture. So when you feed plants with our, with our water, they grow literally three to four times larger and faster. So to give you an idea, germination of a seed normally takes about five days. If you use our water, it's two days, regardless of the soil. So some people do uh, different types of compost and so forth. And they had a, actually a doctor do that. He said, it didn't matter. He goes, I got two days germination out of yours versus the five days. But in your swimming pool, <clears throat> when you're using less chemicals, because essentially the other element that we haven't talked about yet was the CO2. So when you atomize the CO2 in there, it's 100% efficient at the right flow rates and so forth. But when you add that to the water, now you're actually feeding the soil with the oxygen and the CO2, very much like they do in a green room uh, or a, uh, how do I, a greenhouse. And uh, these plants just thrive, but two things take place. So what you're, th what, you're, what you're saying there earlier is, number one is you're getting rid of the water in your pool, okay? You're actually putting it to use. You're gonna feed your plants anyways. Why not feed them with something that's healthier for them? So literally my swimming pool water is much healthier than the water I get from the city after it's treated. So I utilize that water to feed my plants and so forth around the house. And then that way my body of water actually stays fresh. My TDS is much lower. It's healthier for my family. I've got you know, seven grandchildren. They all have some sort of skin issue and so forth, eczema, psoriasis, something. So they're super sensitive to chlorine because chlorine actually, they'll break out in, in all sorts of rashes and so forth, or at least a couple of them will. Uh, so I have to be very careful at that, not to put anything, any type of chemicals in the water, but at the same time, keep it fresh. So that's one thing that I really like because you're, you're setting the water free to do what it was meant to do is serve other environments and so forth. And you're not harming the environment. Instead, you're actually making it better. Right. And, and it, it's just another kind of anecdotal story about my pool. Uh, my animals, my dogs and cats, if you put a bowl of tap water and a bowl of my pool water, they will go directly to the pool water every time. I've got a picture of my cat right after it almost fell in the pool trying to get a drink out of the water. Cats don't go nearby <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, every morning I'd look out there and, and the cats are out there drinking out of the pool. <laughs> it is funny you say that because majority of my clients where they have um, dogs, cats, whatever, I've had some on, on a farm. He's like, you know, ever since you put that water in, he goes, my dog no longer drinks out of his bowl, right? In front of the house. He goes, it's good water. He goes, the cats actually come out of the barn. Uh, you know, he has barn cats to keep the mice and stuff away. Sure. He goes, they don't even drink out of their bowl anymore. <laughs> and certain other people in like different areas in the northern part, they're like, 
I haven't seen as many animals come to my pool as I have in the last year that I've been here. He goes, it's crazy. Goes, but there is something to be said about that. There's I don't something know. to be said. It's an animal you, instinct. I don't know. Do you have well, the same level of success in spas, Mike, than pools? Spas are, spas are awesome. Um, I actually have a spa in our facility here we've been using for uh, different people suffering from different um, different walks of life, I'll say. And uh, we set it up here. We set it up at body temperature. So we keep the spot about 97, 98 degrees in there. It is absolutely incredible what you'll see people suffering from different things. We'll have them hobbling, barely walking in here and they will get out of that hot tub and walk out on their own, no problem. It, you know, and it sounds funny. It's like, wow, it's a miracle. No, it's, it's, it's just your body, really. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's providing it with what it, what it needs. So it's your body healing itself. It's not like the water. Yeah, the water, the water has a lot to do with it. Yes, I will say that. But the oxygen transfer at body temperature is absolutely amazing. When I want the best results, that's what I do. If I've got a sore back or, and, you know, I know I'm not going to function the next day if I don't get in, uh, I'll get in there and sit in there for at least 45 minutes or so, and I got no problems afterwards. But for people that suffer from different things and uh, without getting in that too in-depth, uh, it, is, it is amazing to see what they, how they walk out of that thing. That's fascinating. We all know the cardiovascular improvements that, you know, immersion in hot water can do for you. That's been well documented, um, even at the World Aquatic Health Conference. But it's fa I, I'm just interested because I know the spas are the ones that are have the hard time, maybe, you know, just from the bacteria or the perspective that you always hear the horror stories. And especially at the hotel, there's no yeah. way you could, you know, convince me to get in a spa at a hotel. Forget that. So I, I just was curious if that's the same level of success that you're experiencing pools. So. Yeah, it's and it's and it's that and beyond. I'll, I'll give you a little uh, tidbit on there. Uh, we did have one of the one of the leading coaches, uh, recovery coaches, uh, for pro sports teams come in, and he got in the spa for the first time. And one of his things coming out of there was recovery. Uh, yeah. He says, you know, after working out this week, he goes, I should not have been able to. Uh, work out as hard as I normally do the next day after getting into the spa. So for sports teams, and I'm not I'm not a huge sport fanatic per se, um, but supposedly they're not supposed to get into a body of water or into a spa because it relaxes the muscles and so forth. But the difference in when you get into this water, so normal spa, if you get into it, if you were to test the dissolved oxygen level in there, you're gonna have maybe two parts, maybe three parts per million of dissolved oxygen. So you got nothing in there. The body is actually depleting because it's, um, how do I say it? Your muscles are getting more relaxed and so forth, but there's nothing really there to replenish them. Well, we, after you work out, you get the lactic acid buildup, which is loss of oxygen. When you get into the hot tub, well, you got like 30 parts per million of oxygen in there, not three. So your body is actually recovering from that. So when you get out of there, one, it's not super hot either. It's just body temperature. So your body's absorbing that oxygen and so forth. So when you get out of there, 
that's why he had such success in there. He's like, wow, because I don't have the lactic acid buildup like I normally do. He goes, the next day, technically, I shouldn't have been able to do what I did. He goes, but my numbers were even better. Now he's got a whole set of numbers that he watches, heart rate and so forth, his blood pressure and that. He says it was just, it was just incredible. It was off the wall uh, or off the charts of what he was able to do. So, but we see that all the time. So that's, um, that's what makes it so nice. So people with um, sports recovery and stuff, it's just, it's amazing what it does for them. And not, not only that, but um, people with stressful jobs uh, uh, to, to get and sit in that and just let it, let that, you know, just, it does, the stress just evaporates out of your body. I mean, I, I had the pleasure early on in our relationship of, of visiting your facility and sitting in that spot. And it was after I had drove six hours to, to get there from, from Southern California. And um, the, I experienced exactly what you said. I, I went from being really sore from sitting in the truck to when I got out, I, I felt great. Uh, but there's also kind of a, a transformation that you go through I mean, I kind of went through a stage where I got really relaxed and almost fell asleep. And then I went through a stage where I kind of got really alert and, and uh, uh, almost hyper for a little bit. And then by the time an hour when I got out, I felt completely balanced, just, just you know, centered. And, and um, so it, it really does, the, the oxygen does wonderful things inside your body. I felt it and it's, it's, uh, it's there. I just put one of, one of the systems on a spa and uh, I've, I've got the numbers from when it was a, a chlorine spa. And, and now uh, to your question, Michelle, as far as the sanitation aspects of it, we measure the water quality with ORP. And um, <clears throat> Currently, I don't have a dissolved oxygen meter, but I do have a really accurate test kit that goes down into parts per million. But we're able to get uh, one to one and a half parts per million of dissolved ozone in the water. I know it's ozone because we didn't put any chlorine in there. And we've got uh, anywhere from eight to 900 ORP uh, in this spa, which is far beyond drinking water quality. And we're, we're turning the water over, adding that back in as people are bathing. So those levels stay up. Um, so the, the spa stays beautiful the whole time you're using it. I find that with my pool too. I can, I've had six or seven kids in a 12,000 gallon pool at a time for hours on a Saturday afternoon. You get out and you look down at the main drain, the water's just as clear as when we got in. So. It's fascinating. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, yep. that's the way it should be. You're right, <laughs> and it, I, you know, one of the one of the people that we talked to, actually a couple, have made the comment. Well, just keep your mouth closed when you're swimming. And <laughs> talk about the subject of cold water being treated like bath water. It's like, well, just keep your mouth closed. And and I think about that. And I'm like, if the whole time you're swimming, you're thinking about keeping your mouth closed and not ingesting the cold water, <laughs> you're not having the amount of fun that you need to be having. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're thinking about things that freak you out when you should be thinking about things that relax you. <laughs> yes, that takes away from the fun, fun fun aspect. And try to tell a kid to keep their mouth closed. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's not It's like, <laughs> it's not yeah. going to happen. Come on. And so it's one more aspect. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. 
I was going to say, it's funny you say that because, yeah, despite the fact you keep your mouth closed, your skin is the largest organ on your body, which yes. absorbs any, everything anyway. So yes. it's like, you no. shouldn't be in that water and you're afraid of opening your mouth. You shouldn't be in the water in the first place. That's yeah, right. That's right. So another aspect of this, I know you guys have had some really good success with, you talked about the swim schools that you've uh, done. And one of the things we've talked about extensively uh, is the indoor air quality in pool, indoor pools. Um, when you come into a, a job as a, as a service company and if the place is already built, you're not involved in the design and the, the air handling system, everything else kind of is what it is. Um, but this is, I think, the, the greatest tool that we could possibly have to, to work on indoor air quality. Tell us, tell us about some of your experiences with that. So <clears throat> typically what we do is when we come into those types of facilities, um, obviously the number one uh, proponent to that is the filtration system. So first we look at the filtration system because it's like, um, how do I say it? If you have more organic, the most, the more organics that you have in the water, you put your chlorine on overload. So in a swim school where you're introducing kids, new kids every half an hour or so forth, and, you know, possibly hundreds every half an hour or so forth. So you're, you're dumping in an abundance of organics, which is more, uh, yeah, not to say that on the, say, on the, on the side of where the chlorine is trying to oxidize rather than disinfect. Yep. So mm -hmm. we want to reduce the amount of oxidation that needs to take place. And if they don't have the right filtration in there, it just puts the whole entire system on overload. Of course, you're going to get chloramines in there with that type of bather load. So that's always number one. The other thing is turnover rate do they have a good enough turnover rate to get rid of those organics quickly? So that's first thing that we look at uh, there. And, and it's not to say that our system isn't going to help that situation. If the organics are still there, they still have the same amount of dirt and debris and all of that getting in the pool. They're still going to be dealing with that. So we still have to address it and understand it first before we put any size system in there. But when we add our system in there, so your oxidizing potential, normally, I mean, a lot of these swim schools, I mean, they try to get their ORP numbers up there so they can be anywhere six, 700 and so forth. But to get into the 800s is normally really tough unless they got a really good turnover rate and so forth in there. When we add our system in there, we'll normally get them up almost to 100, about 100 on the ORP scale. Uh, so we can get them up into the 900s and so forth. But the nice part is we reduce the amount of chlorine in there. So you don't have the chlorine byproducts, the trihalomethanes and so forth in there. And obviously there's a, there's a huge list of byproducts that I, I absolutely don't like in the swimming pool. But nevertheless, it's, it's necessary for county, et cetera, to uh, maintain at least one part. But nonetheless, when we add that to the water, the beautiful part is you don't smell the chlorine in the room. You don't smell the chloramines in there. If everything is sized properly and so forth, we've done brand new facilities. We've done changeovers. We've done large auditoriums and so forth. And it's amazing what it does. The other thing is, is a lot of consultants and so forth that come in, they look at the ceilings and so forth. 
because the chloramines like to destroy the ceilings. And because of the fact there's more oxygen in the room, you can actually smell the oxygen in the air. It more has like a, a sweet smell to it, like it's been raining or so forth. But um, it's, it is amazing for that. One is most of the kids in like in auditoriums and so forth, universities, they no longer use their inhalers. Um, they no longer use their uh, neti pots in there. Uh, and there was something else that the, the professional swimmers actually use. But most of these facilities, whether it's a swim school or it's a, a university and so forth, they don't even like to go to other places after they've been in there. Instructors, if they have more than one swim school, if they have our system on one school and they don't on the other, they absolutely don't want to go into the normal body of water anymore just because of what it does for their, for themselves. Um, and I will say, you know, one of the, one of the hard parts, I, I actually have a soft spot for swim schools. And the reason why is because I would never, that's got to be the worst job ever to be a swim school instructor. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a right. you know, the bad, the bad part about it is they're doing, they're doing a service. They, they truly love what they do. And yep. I, and I, and I love that. The hard part is they're in the worst environment ever. It absolutely hands down. So I feel bad for them because what would I do to change that environment? Well, I'm doing what I would do to change that environment. I know we can change that environment because we did, but for them to love what they do and they have to quit. And then at the end of the day, think about it. They suffer health wise so badly, whether it's in their, it's, whether it's in their uh, respiratory system or so forth, whether it's their skin. I know even owners where they can't even get in a body of water with chlorine or they start breaking out in, in uh, a rash and so forth. So it's pretty sad that the thing, the sport or the uh, yep. job that they love so much, they can no longer even enjoy a body of water anymore because of what it's done to their health. That's pretty sad. And now you put your kids in there. That doesn't make sense to me. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever put my, any of my grandchildren in a swim school like that ever. It just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. They've done a huge disservice to that industry in regards to those people and swimmer, professional swimmers who have had to breathe that stuff in for years and now have breathing problems. You know, because of it, it's been a huge disservice to that group of people. I mean, that's it's, it's a sad scenario for sure. And they're just trying to do what they love. And here we are, you know, providing health issues for them in the long term because of us not properly, you know, managing the water or taking care of it the way we should have. Right, right. And it, and it's and it is unfortunate. I know there's a lot of things in there that come in value engineering, and they kind of just dumb things down in the pump room, but. But nobody really takes the time, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way. Maybe it's not; it's just not what they do. Nobody really takes the time to really dissect water and understand how is it that, what do you need to do to really get it to that next level? Right. And that's what I really enjoy doing. I mean, even even from our systems have changed from last year, the year before, the year before that. They're constantly. Uh, improving on them one way or another to further enhance that water quality and understand it to a new level. So almost every new facility we build, whether it's a, a residential or a commercial, 
we will learn something new about that facility and the way it was designed, the way the flow rates are, uh, you name it, so that we can improve on the next one, always. And that's, that's a key, key importance there for our systems as well. And that's, you know, you're, you're kind of outlining the journey that we've followed on this podcast. We've, we've talked about what can we do to improve the, the water quality in, in the pools we swim in. And we talked with James Ambergy as a filter researcher. Um, and he says kind of, kind of just what you said. That, I mean, it really starts with filtration. It, it starts with looking at, at, uh, at filtration. And that's one of the things that's probably the, the last thing people look at. Filtration is just, well, I've always used DE. I've always used cartridge. I've always, nobody gives any real serious thought. I mean, they're, they give thought to chlorine chemistry. They give thought to possibly adding uh, some form of uh, 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 assisting sanitizer like ozone or UV or AOP. But, uh, and I know you guys do this because I've seen some the, the pools that you do. It starts with a big deep bed sand filter and, and uh, um, getting as much of that junk out of the water as possible and then being able to backwash it away and get it completely out of the pool is, is a huge huge thing in, in, in the first place to start right right that and then and then of course the media is, is one of the big kickers there so like you were mentioning before different medias out there um, you can really do a great job uh, with a backyard swimming pool and you can actually do a much better job with the backyard pool I believe just based on uh, regulations and so forth. Yeah, do a much better job of treating a backyard pool than you can a commercial pool because you're regulated so much for commercial, which is really frustrating. But uh, nonetheless, I I just keep moving forward. We do the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you've seen, you know. I mean, you get you get uh, you get, basically we get to drinking water quality. Or was that, that one we did in Southern California where the NTUs on that were so low it just bottomed out the meter. And yet you go to his drinking water system and it's it's measurable on there. It's 0 0.02 and then the pool was 0 0.01. So it's like, wow, this is a closed loop system and it's got higher NTUs than an open loop system. So, but it's, there's a testament to that, absolutely. So that's why we're big proponents on first First, it's your turnover and your filtration. Then it's uh, then it's the chemistry side next. Or I think it'd be valuable too, Dave, for you to to train service guys or do webinars or some sort of training in regards to, you know, transitioning people from what they've always done to a more natural approach because they may be scared to do it because it, they may feel like it deems them unnecessary, or that they they don't need to go as often to service a pool or something. So there's probably some fear or some you know, what, the fear of the unknown there, first of all, but maybe there's an opportunity for you to do some additional training via webinars and other things to make sure service guys really understand a transition to a more natural body of water and what that means for them. Because maybe there's a concern, like I said, that that's, it's going to deem them unnecessary. So that's something that I think you'd be valuable in, in, in helping people understand that. Otherwise, people are just going to do what they've always done. We know that. You know, there's some plans in the works for that. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. visit the pools, and we're gonna. Part of it is, um, and I've spoke spoken with a number of uh, 
pool service techs here in, in uh, Southern California area, they roll up on a pool and they see things that they don't recognize, boxes with tubes coming out and attached to their, you know, a, a light bulb in a box that's got a little tube running to the suction side of the pump. Uh, and, and so how do you evaluate as a, as a pool service technician when you walk into a pool, is that is that system your friend, your enemy? Is it just right. neutral? Is it worthless? Do you disable it? Um, and so I, that is something in the podcast that we are going to visit. We're going to look at some ways and, and just some simple things that you can do, places to start where you can increase the water, the water quality in your yep. pool. Um, another, uh, another way to improve water quality, uh, other than, you know, huge expensive sand filters is a staged filtration. Um, there's, there's a great device called the multi-cyclone that, that fits right on top of the pump and takes the big chunks out of the water before it gets to the filter, and lets the filter work on the, on the more, uh, uh, microscopic side of things. Um, there, there's like Mike was talking about, you look at flow rates, you look at, um, uh, adding, maybe adding in extra filters. If you've got more than one right. pump, but a lot of pools with vanishing edges, uh, don't put filters on their vanishing edge pump, which is the most frustrating thing as a service tech, because you're taking the dirtiest water in the pool out of the trough of that, uh, which is basically the giant skimmer for the pool. You're taking that dirty water and you're dumping it right back into the pool with all the grit and all the whatever's in the bottom of that thing that it's sucking up. And so, um, you, you know, that's, that's an important evaluation to make on a pool and recommendations that you can make to improve water quality is getting a filter on every pump where you can get one. Um, so all, all of these things, I, I, I really enjoy working with Mike because he gets you thinking in, in those terms, We're not just accepting the status quo, not accepting pool water that's substandard and that you yourself wouldn't get into. Um, but, but how do we take this thing up? Not only just one notch, but take it up into the realm where it's something that we can really enjoy and be proud of as a service tech and, and, uh, something we would get into personally. Right. Makes sense. Absolutely. Well, Mike, Good. I really, really appreciate your time this morning. Anything else you had to add to, no, I, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you guys' time. Um, you know, it's, um, it's always interesting to learn new things and uh, hear other people's perspectives on stuff. But um, like you were saying there, it's really, it's really simple for us. Um, the, the easiest thing that we look at is we put people first. Forget about everything else. You can build a beautiful pool. I get it. But if you put people first and you really have that in your forefront of what you're trying to do, everything else falls in place. So yep. completely agree. Yep. And that's the one, maybe the one caveat for our, the systems that we're talking about and, uh, is that there, there is an investment in them. There, there's yeah. an initial financial investment. There's an investment in the learning curve to, to really understand it and make it work well both on the homeowner's part, the builder's part, and the service tech's part. And it's not necessarily for every pool. I mean, there are pools, like you mentioned, that are built just for 
just for looks, just for, you know, they know hardly anybody ever gets in them anyway. These, this, these systems are for people that swim, for people who, who really want to enjoy their pool for what it was designed for, not just, just to look at, but to really get in there and swim and enjoy it. So um, that, that's one thing, maybe that's one thing to think about in evaluating a pool is, is you know, and, and how much, how much uh, uh, you recommend, what recommendations you make to the, the homeowner is how much are you really gonna use it? If you swim a lot, this is, this is what you need. Yep. I normally, I normally start asking uh, health questions as to um, if they have any health issues or if there's anything they're concerned about and so forth, uh, why they do or don't use their pool. Um, I've had numerous clientele tell me, uh, we haven't used the pool in 20 years as much as we have the last two weeks. And right. it's like, wow, why do you even have a pool? Well, we like the aesthetics of it. We just don't yep. like chlorine. It's like, oh my gosh. We can so, solve that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is funny. You know, you, you get a swimming pool. If you would ask me, honestly, when I first got into this industry, and if you would ask me if I would get a swimming pool, I'd say absolutely not. There was no way in the world I'd ever get a swimming pool. I'll, I'll go swim in a stream before I'd ever swim in a swimming pool. Until we started this technology, it changed my vision of understanding water. So now that we're not treating it and so forth, but it makes sense. So, I mean, Dave, honestly, you actually are one of the guys, you know, so you're, you know, you got your story. I don't need to tell it, but yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> what I like to hear, honestly, that, yeah. that just, uh, that puts a smile on my face. So if I hear one of those every day, Hey, that's good for me. Yeah. That's all I care about. And yes. I'll tell you one thing I haven't heard is somebody that's gotten in this water and, and gone, it's uncomfortable. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. It tastes funny. Smells funny. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you just don't get that. It doesn't happen. No. No. Yeah. That's well, thank exciting. Again, thanks so much for all you do to try to keep people healthy and, and you know, getting some exercise and, and taking care of themselves. That's, that's very appreciated by you, you know, by all of us that are going to experience it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to have it. It's a pleasure working with you. You as well. A new voice in the industry. A resource for all. Education for you. This is Pool Pro Podcast. Build relationships and share important news as we get ready for our next backyard adventure. Pool Pro Podcast. Backyard adventures are better together. Please take a moment to share, like, and review our content with all of those that would be interested.